Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are here to do another one of our romance reading wrap ups. And we are talking this month about uh, Book Lovers by Emily Henry. It's going to be super fun. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Bree is here. Hello, everyone. And hi, Rachel. Yeah. I miss talking to you, you know, <laughs> in know. between our monthly talks. <laughs> I know. It feels like it's been so long. Yeah, and I, I miss it too. <laughs> it, it, June felt like it just crawled. It was I know. A long we're still in it, technically. Month. I mean, we're still in it. Yeah. We're, we're recording. Like, we're recording this on the 29th. <laughs> when is July coming already? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> But uh, how are you doing? You doing okay? I'm I'm doing okay. I've mm-hmm. you know <laughs> prioritized joy. That's all I can say. <laughs> find what makes you happy at this point. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. I mean, all that you do. I mean, Thank I do a you. lot, but you do even more. With you know, your we're, family we're all out here and- doing it. <laughs> And your school and everything, it is impressive. It's driving me nuts. I had a, a breakdown the other day. I was like, this is taking over my life. <laughs> you know when you get like so caught up into something that even when you're not doing it, you feel guilty because you're like, I could be spending this free time yeah. doing something else. But you have to remind yourself like, I deserve to watch TV, you know? No. <laughs> so Well, I mean, everything... I, I just kind of gave that up a while ago that, I mean, just everything in my life is about either my film critic uh, career or my podcasting, one or the other. There's very few. I watched um, Only Murders in the Building season two, and that I'm not planning on covering for any of the podcasts. And that was like a very rare, you know, like, look at what? you watching something for I no know. reason. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like now you have to do a video on your YouTube channel that's just like <laughs> movies I watch just because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta find a way to monetize everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love but, that for you. I love it. <laughs> uh, but it is nice about reading, even though we have it for this, and we talked about it for this episode, but for the most part, that's just to relax. Yeah. Um, and see, and- for me, that is my experience that you have where I'm like, When's the last time I read something just because? Yeah. But I feel like I have so much reading that I'm doing for things that when I do get to a point where it's like now I can pick up whatever, I'm like, well, now I don't really know what to read. So it kind of <laughs> comes in handy. <laughs> well, yeah. So you need to take uh, the recommendations that we have on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Yes. We have done Emily before. Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, people I meet on vacation. Yep. Her release last year. Yep. Yes. And we've talked about, I don't think we did it as a feature book, but we have talked about Beach Read before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she's she's a really fun uh, writer. She's probably the most, one of the most popular uh, ro- romantic comedy writers working today, would you say? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, what do you think it is about her? Like, Emily, like, we get one release from her basically a year. It typically comes out. I mean, you think about Beach Read, you think about people we meet on vacation, you think about book lovers. They all released around the same time, like, I think maybe early spring or like uh-huh. mid spring. And they're just like a hit, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it, I don't know what she's doing. She has the secret yeah. sauce. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, she writes. She she's very funny. I think in her yeah. prose, and she writes very relatable characters uh, that we connect with. I think that this is better than people on vacation. Would you agree? Yeah, I got I got a little lost with people we meet on vacation <laughs> with the back and forth. Yeah. Well, and I I think the guy in that one was just a little too perfect. Yeah. For my taste. I like a guy with a little bit more I don't know, a little, a little more spunk, of, a little more yeah, flaws. Some more some flaws, some edges, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more of a I think that guy's name was Alex, I think. Um Yeah. And I, like I'm teacher. more a uh, Charlie guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one my jam. So uh, were Petri you excited probably because – Were you excited like because it was Emily Henry or was it like what had you excited about it? Well, yeah. And I, I do tend to like stories about sisters. And mm-hmm. so that was appealing as well. Uh, but probably the most because of her and I've just really enjoyed – all, uh, everything I've read from her, uh, yeah. and it's exciting when you find an author that uh, seems to really get you. For a long time, that was Sophie Kinsella, but lately I've not been enjoying her <laughs> new books as much. I know she's you don't. A, <laughs> she's had a couple stinkers in a row, uh, and so uh, it's nice to find somebody that is very reliable. Yeah. You've made me so nervous because, like, I have The Party Crasher, I think it's called, by Sophie Kinsella, and the yeah. audiobook keeps coming in from the library, and I'm like, deliver later, deliver later. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel has not been enjoying Sophie Kinsella lately, so I don't know if I'm going to like know. it. No, <laughs> it makes me sad. <laughs> I- <laughs> okay, so do you feel like Emily Henry could be our new Sophie Kinsella? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're. I think they are very similar. I think that Emily Henry's books are like a little bit more spicy. Okay. Than Sophie. I mean, she sometimes has like a little bit of spice. Uh, but uh, but I think hers have a little bit more than yeah. Sophie. But uh, I think they're I think they're pretty similar. I mean, I guess Emily's books don't have the British edge to them, which is kind of fun in Sophie's mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but other than that, don't you? Wouldn't you agree? They're pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read a ton of Sophie. I read the one that we read um, for our our romantic reading wrap up, and then I had read another one that same month while I was waiting for the audiobook for that one to come. Oh in. yeah. And yeah, I think the thing about Emily Henry's books is, regardless of how you like walk away from the book after you've finished it. I think it's kind of undeniable that they're at least fun to read. And I think for me, it's just like the way now book lovers and you, you're going to do the summary and all that. So I won't like get into it too much, but like it was told in first person. And I was like, I don't know why I can't really do first person in romance, <laughs> but I love her dialogue, whether it's like yeah. the character, like thinking to themselves or like between them and another character, like, and I think back to Sophie Kinsella, like those two reads that I read, and I'm like, that's what I really enjoyed about her books too. So yeah, I'm like, maybe Emily Henry is our new Sophie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about it, uh, book lovers. Uh, so the summary is pretty long, so you have to bear with me. 
Nora Stevens' life is books. She's read them all, and she's not the type of ha- and she's not that type of heroine. Not the plucky one, not the laid-back dream girl, and especially not the sweetheart. In fact, the only people Nora is a heroine for are clients for whom she lands enormous deals as a cutthroat literary agent and her beloved sister Libby, which is why she agrees to go to Sunshine Falls, North Carolina for the month of August when Libby begs her her for a sister's trip away. With visions of small town transformation for Nora, she's convinced needs to become the heroine in her own story but instead of picnics in meadows or run-ins with a handsome country doctor or bulging forearm bartender nora keeps bumping into charlie lastra a bookish brooding editor from back in the city it would be a meet cute if not for the fact that they met many times and it's never been cute so uh yeah what did you think overall of the book overall i loved the premise of the book like i said i love her dialogue um i just hate that it was written in first person rachel oh that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) i don't okay so i love memoirs and i remember a booktuber a long time ago saying they didn't like memoirs because they felt like they were being uh, nosy like they were you know looking in on somebody's life and I, I feel like that's how I feel like when I read a romance that's written in first person. I'm like, this just feels really weird and like I'm being nosy. <laughs> it's so that's hard to explain. Funny. But overall, I thought it was a fun read. All that mm-hmm. to say, it was still fun. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. I liked both the sister side of it and the romantic side of it. I thought she did such a good job of making Charlie seem so swoonworthy. Like just every every time they would describe them getting like more intimate or like just the thirst in the book was very well done. Yeah. The thirst. <laughs> it was a thirst <laughs> trap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I also liked kind of the meta commentary about, uh, romances in mm-hmm. general, I thought was really fun. It starts out from the very beginning when uh, the quote that I have for this one, it's, um, uh, take for example, the small town love story, the kind where a cynical hotshot from New York or Los Angeles gets shipped off to small town USA to like run a family owned Christmas tree farm out of business to make room for the soulless corporation. But while said city person is in town, things don't go to plan. But of course, the Christmas tree farm or bakery or whatever the hero has been sent to destroy is owned and operated by someone ridiculously attractive, suitably available for wooing. Back in the city, the lead has a romantic partner, someone ruthless who encourages him to do what he set out to do and ruin some lives in exchange for that big promotion. He feels... Fields calls from her during which she interrupts him, barking heartless advice from the seat of her Peloton bike. 
You can tell she's evil because her hair is an, is an unnatural blonde, slicked back, a la Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, and also she hates Christmas decorations. As the hero spends more time with the charming baker slash seamstress slash tree farm person, things change for him. He learns the true meaning of life. He returns home, transformed by the love of a good woman. There, he asks his ice queen girlfriend to take a walk with him. She gapes. She sa- says something like, in these Manolos? It'll be fun, he tells her on the walk. He might ask her to look up at the stars. She snaps. You know I can't look up right now. I just got Botox. <laughs> <laughs> so do we think Emily Henry watches Hallmark? Well, she says in the in the afterward, she says, I love Hallmark movies. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like this, I do have to say, I feel like this is like 2015 Hallmark. Okay. Yeah. That's More fair. than now Hallmark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you don't usually get the uh, Ice Queen girlfriend anymore. (laughs) We've grown past the Ice Queen girlfriend. (laughs) But if you think of, like, A Nine Lives of Christmas, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where where you're like, why is he dating this horrible woman that hates puppies? Like, she's awful. And And I I loved the, like, when you were reading the summary, uh, because I never read the back of the book, but, like, I know like on YouTube and Pinterest, it's all like there's this whole trend of like be the main character in your life. So you were like reading the summary and I was like, oh, that makes sense for 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 Nora. Like she is this agent who does like all these things for like her clients. Like she's very work life motivated. And yeah, essentially we do see her become the, the main character throughout mm-hmm. the book. And I mean, she is technically, but you know. Yeah. So that was cool. That was cool to see. Well, and but it does subvert it a little bit because Charlie mm-hmm. is is not the like hometown hunk. <laughs> you know, like he's he's more he's the guy from you know the we first meet in the city, uh, but uh, but uh, and we think he's kind of the jerk and the he's kind of the bad man of business in a lot of ways, but turns out he's super hunky. <laughs> Okay, if they, if this if this were a Hallmark movie, which I don't think it would be because it is mm-hmm. a little steamy unless they had somebody cut it out, yeah. who would be our Charlie? You know, I was thinking like someone like Sam Page, I think would be a good one. Mm-hmm. For this kind of mix of of modern and uh and like a softer side too. I think he would I think he would be a good fit. Okay, who would your Nora be? <laughs> um, let me think. I mm-hmm. really want Lacey to be in a like a new type of role. Like she totally kills her roles that we yeah. typically see her in. But I'd love to see her <laughs> in like a Nora role. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. I could see that. Nikki Deloach, I think, would be good. Oh, Nikki would be so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like she's never done a movie with Sam Page. I feel like they'd actually have pretty good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and her and Michael Rady would be good, too. Yeah. Although oh, I think Ashley could potentially be a good, Lord, good Nora, too. 
But I just love Ashley. So. Yeah, I mean, Ashley's great. Yeah, it, the so in the afterwards, she says, I love Hallmark movies. I love the quaint settings. I love excessive number of sweaters and knee-high boots. <laughs> I love the aspirational level of commitment to seasonal decor in every home. Most of all, I love the happy endings. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, said, so what did you think? About Nora and Libby, because yeah, see, this is a lot of the reviews that are like negative are uh-huh. people can't stand Libby. Yeah, and I kind of understand that, and and a part of her character I didn't feel like was successfully really fleshed out because there's yeah. obviously something much darker going on for someone that's that pregnant to not want to be with their partner and to the way that she's kind of controlling over. Nora and I don't know there was there was this there was something about her character that I didn't feel like was quite explored enough yes but I thought their relationship as sisters I definitely you know connected with we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor of the podcast from Jenny Martz the USA Today best-selling author of award-winning books filled with love laughter and always a happily ever after comes a sweet funny and heartfelt western romance that will have you swooning Jenny Martz's Cowboy Ever After is a fish-out-of-water, grumpy, sunshine romance that follows a shy author from the city, her jaded cowboy host, and their journey to trust and love again over a week together on a ranch in Montana. The perfect romance for your summer reading list, Publishers Weekly calls Cowboy Ever After a sweet tale that will have readers eager to return to this picture-perfect Montana town. Available now on Amazon and in stores at Barnes & Noble and select bookstores. For more information about Cowboy Ever After and other titles by Jenny Martz, visit www.jennymartz.com. That's www.jennymartz.com. Or use the affiliate link in the description section below. And I, I think especially when you have the older sister that's kind of been the protector and been kind of uh, watching out for the her uh, sister, I think that that's something I obviously connect with because I'm the oldest uh, uh, girl in my family and I have three sisters. And so, you know, sometimes I would take on that role uh, growing up, especially my much younger, you know, siblings. Yeah. Uh, Same. Yeah. I could connect with that. Uh, And uh, sometimes it felt almost irrational that she wouldn't let Nora help more, you know, when she says that she wants to help with, like with rent and other things like that. Um, she's saying that, but, but she, she's saying that she wants to be independent, but yet she's obviously in a, in a weird place. Like, like I said, being pregnant away from your partner. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. She just seemed like she was wanting to be really independent, but then also, uh, in a really unstable place. Yeah. 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 I think with Libby, there just needed to be some more explanation. Like when the end, when, you know, when once the story wraps up and you know all the details, you're like, oh, okay, I can understand Libby's perspective. And again, I think that maybe this all goes back to it being told in first person narrative. Like, we don't get scenes from, say, Libby's perspective, and I think maybe um, that could have helped. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I really liked uh, learning 
really how Libby kind of viewed the relationship with Nora. And like once Nora kind of put her foot down and Libby was like, hold up, (laughs) hear me out. Um, Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, this makes sense. But it was like, I really wasn't expecting that because we had really gotten no signs or hints of that leading up to that point. So it kind of felt like a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I I think we could have done more with her and Brendan, I think was her husband's name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's obviously some major things going on. And I mean, I think that, uh, you know, they can't get too, they have to keep the tone of the book kind of light and, but I, I, maybe they shouldn't have had her be pregnant. Maybe she should have just yeah. been like that uh, deep pregnant too. Like she's far yeah. along pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I, I did, I, I could relate to their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was like, I loved that it wasn't like a dramatic sister relationship. Like a lot of books that like come out that are really popular are like three estranged sisters. And that's always like a good read, but it was fun to see, you know, tip normal sister relationship. They get along, but there are those like underlying problems. Like Nora feels like she has to protect her and step in financially and, you know, do all the things. And Libby has her problems. So it felt very realistic without mm-hmm. also being super dramatic. When well, I liked that scene where, uh, where Charlie says that anybody is lucky that yeah. is loved by you. Yeah. Oh, swoon. That was a good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, I have to just talk about the premise of the, like, Libby has this idea of like, let's basically have our own Hallmark experience. (laughs) That's what I was like really wanting to hear you talk about. (laughs) Because, I mean, as Hallmark fans, isn't it kind of a dream for us to just I want to go to, you know, Canada and be in one of those towns where they shoot the Hallmark movies. So, I mean, do you yeah. think this is a real thing? Is it totally far-fetched? What do you think? Well, and also, I so I just finished watching The Summer I Turned Pretty Season 1, and we did the recaps uh, that y'all should check out. And, and so not only, like, going inside a Hallmark movie, but the idea of sort of this month long or summer long uh vacation on the beach in a beach house is my dream (laughs) i i've been trying to get my family to get to like rent a big house and all just go to the beach and have some fun together for years and they're just not into it i I can't seem to convince them (laughs) nobody wants to go (laughs) yeah and it would be so fun so that part of it is like that alone just by the beach is fantasy to me let alone having this romance and also you know spending time with your sisters and because my sisters they all live kind of far away except for my much younger sister is is close by now but um for a long time they all lived really far away and uh so i don't get to spend the time i would like uh, with my, you know, with my sisters or uh, my nieces, they all live far away. Uh, and uh, so I don't know, just that whole idea of sort of this summer trip is is kind of a fantasy as yeah. well. I mean, I just want to go to Evergreen and sit at the cafe, make a little <laughs> a wish, <laughs> you know, like everybody does when they come in the door. <laughs> like, 
that's my well, fantasy. <laughs> and I think there was even in New York, there was a hotel that did a Hallmark suite. Oh my god! Fully decorated uh, that you could get for the holidays uh, with tree and you know everything. And like, oh, that would that would be fun. That yeah. would be really fun. <laughs> they should do well, that as part of like Christmas con. You know, oh, I have know. like a. I just want to win, like, whoever does Lacey's wardrobe when she does a Christmas movie, I want them to give me a wardrobe. A week. I'll take a week. A week worth of clothes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think she actually brings some of her own clothes. So she just has good taste, I think. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always the cute coat and the boots, like Emily Henry said in the back of the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I think that it was just, you know, I I don't know. I I love that the book is so big right now because, you know, for years, Hallmark lovers have been saying, like, we love this. And I just feel like in a way that this book kind of just shows how, I don't know, like, how important those types of stories are to people. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it's really kind of a love letter to the tropes. I mean, yeah. she kind of makes fun of the tropes, you know, and th- yeah. through Nora, you know, <laughs> through as a book editor. You know, it provides a, a good, or a book literary agent, it provides a good uh, canvas for sort of making fun of these tropes, like the ice woman of business and things like that. But but it also sort of embraces those tropes, which is, makes it fun. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really interesting was – I kind of fell in love with their mom, who's never actually on the page. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, again, being told through first person, you're getting Libby's perspective of their mom. Like, we didn't have a lot of money, but she still managed to make everything fun and beautiful. And I I just loved when Libby would be thinking of her, um, when Nora would be thinking of their mom. But then Libby's like, her perspective was totally different. You know, she's like, she made you grow up so much faster than you should have. And, you know, it was just really interesting because I feel like she's such a big part of the story but she's never actually on the page and again going back to that sister relationship we experience relationships with our parents so differently while Nora has this like fantastic memory of her mom and Libby's isn't terrible but it's like uh, I remember things a little bit differently so I I really liked how she uh, incorporated that into the story yeah that's true I mean and that is accurate I mean, my my sisters and I, we are so different. And I mean, again, we have a pretty big age gap between uh, between a lot of us. Uh, but um, even my sister that's just two years younger, we do remember things really differently. I remember talking about something the other day and her saying, that's how you remember? She said, that's how you remember that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny? You're like, we're, we were both there. But we totally experienced it different. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 definitely a real thing. Do you have any sisters? I do. I have two. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I have two. So you know. Um, I just thought this movie was this movie. I just thought this book was very swoonworthy. Yeah, I mean, it was. don't you think she made Charlie just so good? <laughs> See, I'm thinking my Charlie, like, I love me some Andrew Walker, and I don't know why. I'm like, 
Andrew Walker would be my Charlie. He could pull it off. I mean, at first I'm like, it could be Tyler Hines. He's kind of, he's got that Charlie kind of gruffness. But I'm like, I want to see, I want to see Andrew. Andrew would be my Charlie, I think. Yeah, I could see that. I could see him. Uh, he, the, yeah, I think you want somebody who's believable as kind of a bad man of business, but has that. Uh, I think usually Andrew Walker plays more, uh, more hometown hunk kind of guys. Yeah, the guy next door. Hmm. Whereas, uh, whereas I think with Charlie, I think of somebody I don't know who's just like a little bit more there's like a little bit more of a gruffness to him, but I wouldn't even say that about Sam Page. So I don't know why I think uh, I, I mentioned him, but just someone like a little bit more edge. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe because Sam Page was terrible on, I mean, he was a very good actor, but his character was terrible on Mad Men. So maybe that's why. I think. <laughs> Love when Rachel's uh, film critic comes out. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. mean he he's a rapist on Mad Men, so he's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> it is a very swoon-worthy. It's a very swoony book, very swoony. Um yeah, like uh for instance, here's uh, here's a little passage. He says that uh I could I could let my knees slide further into the pocket between his or touch his arm or tip my chin up and in any of those hypothetical scenarios we end up kissing, I may not like him all that much, but it's not insignificant part of me is dying to know what his bottom lip feels like, how that hand on my wrist would touch me. Just then it starts to rain and the corrugated metal roof erupts into a feverish rattle. I jerk my arm out from under Charlie's and stand. I should get home. Share a cab? He asks, his voice low and gravelly. The odds of finding two cabs at this hour in this town aren't great. The odds of finding one that isn't driven by Hardy or terrible. I think I'll walk. In this rain, he says. And in those shoes, I grab my bag. I won't melt, probably. Charlie stands. We can share my umbrella. <laughs> oh, Charlie. Yeah, I just... What do you think of Charlie? I I liked Charlie. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> there were times where I liked Charlie more than I liked Nora. Yeah, um, I agree. But... In the end, I think they were like a really good balance. There are some, there are, you know, two people that I think you can see years from now still being together because they just balance each other really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could picture them being like the power couple. They're going to take over publishing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know what it actually kind of reminded me of is uh, the recent uh, The Hating Game. Oh yeah, a movie. Uh, I don't know who that actor is, but uh, but both of them, I think uh, they're very similar. I mean, they're both working publishing, uh, and they and he, uh, I, I picture both of them also doing a movie. You know, doing this movie. Yeah, and they had good chemistry. I liked that movie quite a bit actually. Uh, but um, uh, let's see here. What else? Um, so she goes on a date with Shepard, who is Charlie's cousin, and he's <laughs> supposed to be sort of the archetypal hometown hunk. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we are not going on a date with Shepard, but here we are. We're on a date with Shepard. 
yeah. I mean, who can be Team Shepherd when you have Charlie? Right, right, right. <laughs> oh. Uh, it, this movie, it, I would say it's like medium spice. It's definitely mm-hmm. got some. Is it, yeah, it's there. It's there. And it does have some language. There's some F words. Yes, a lot of language. <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought the chemistry was really great uh, between Nora and Charlie. And of course we have like them kind of commenting on the tropes, particularly city girl goes to small town and enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Kind of got that. Yeah. Did yeah. you see any other tropes? Uh, those are the ones that I think stood out to me the most. Obviously, mm-hmm. you have like the sister dynamic in there as well, if you're a fan of that. Um, yeah. I mean, so what I'm going to say small town, but we got City Girl goes to small town. So that's perfect. In your Goodreads, what did you give uh, Book Lovers? I think I gave it a four star. What'd you get it? Same. Yeah. Yeah four stars yeah okay. it's, it's really worth the read guys go go get it read it and let us know what you think about it yes <laughs> and who you'd cast who would be your nora and charlie <laughs> we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or hallmarky in your life what about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party now is the time to check out the hallmarkies merch store Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. All right. Well, let's talk about what we've been reading, our reading roundup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why don't you go first? What's your first book that you want to talk about? Okay. I just have to preface this with saying like, I feel like I haven't read anything in June, but I've actually read a lot, but I've read a lot of graphic novels. <laughs> so oh, I will talk about the three books that I've read. <laughs> uh, I've been reading like a graphic novel every night before bed. They're like 20 pages. Um, Falling for the Doctor by Nan Reinhardt is going to be the first one that I talk about. And I loved this. So it take it starts out the meat cute. You know, we love a good meat cute here on Hallmarkies. They're like the heroine has come to this town. Uh, it's a small town in Indiana. And, um, she used to be an uh, emergency room surgeon, but she lost a patient and it's just dealing with PTSD and anxiety around that. So she's completely shifted career paths. She's still in the medical career field, but she's like selling like equipment and stuff like that, like teaching basically how to use this equipment. And there's this real like jerk of a guy trying to hit on her. So in walks this pretty cute doctor. She doesn't know if he's married, if he's gay, you know, not looking, but she walks up to him and she's like, I need you to play along. And she kisses him. (laughs) So that's their, you know, their meet cute. And he pretty quickly figures out like, oh, this guy's in here. This is probably why. So it is like a fake dating story for like a short amount of the book because eventually like none of that really matters. But it's like them two like just undeniable attraction and like a little bit of chemistry there, but 
time is a huge conflict. She's only going to be in town. She's basically like a traveling worker. So she's, you know, on to the next city, going to St. Louis next. So he's convinced, like, I'm going to convince you to stay. And in typical small town fashion, you fall in love with the community and how welcoming everyone is. And it just makes it so much different, like that much more difficult for her. And I thought this was adorable. So uh, again, that's Falling for the Doctor by Nan Reinhardt. Definitely go check it out. That sounds fun. That sounds really fun. Yeah, I I like you. I didn't read a ton uh, in June. I was very busy, but I did get three books uh, done. The first one I didn't love. Okay. But other people might like it. Uh, and then there's a movie coming out, which I also didn't love. <laughs> but other people might like it. So um, it's Mr. Malcolm's List by Suzanne Elaine. And like I said, they have, there's actually been two movies made. I haven't seen the first movie uh, that I think was made for BBC TV uh, with Gemma Chan. Uh, I'm curious to see it if it's any better. But um, there's a new version with Rita Pinto coming out uh, in July. And I didn't care for the movie or book. Um, it's the premise sounds fun. Um, it's a, it's a historical like a Regency type romance, which I usually love. Um, and it's about this man who has this list of all the things that he wants in a, uh, partner and he goes on a, a date. He takes this woman named Julia to the opera and he's not feeling it. Doesn't think that, uh, he matches her list. And so she develops this whole scheme of she's going to, she gets a, finds out what the list is. And so she develops this whole scheme where she's going to have her cousin, Selena basically become like the perfect woman for, uh, his list and then, uh, and then break his heart. Uh, and the, the course Selena and Mr. Malcolm end up actually falling in love with each other. And I just didn't love the conflict, you know, that mm -hmm. how long he was like, how dare you lie to me? And, oh, and I was just like, oh, <laughs> and I get over it, dude. Yeah. And I really didn't like Julia as a character. She was very annoying. And I, I don't know. I just didn't love it i just found it kind of like i don't like any of these people it's not funny enough it's not witty enough uh these people are annoying and so i wasn't a fan and the the movie i felt like it was on like uh i felt like the movie was at like 0.75 every scene felt just stretched out like i'm exaggerating of course <laughs> but like I don't know. It just felt like if there was a way to say something longer, it did. And it yeah. just dragged. Yeah. I was like, come on. Oh, I and can't with that. I can't stand that. <laughs> I still don't like the, in the movie, I don't like the conflict. I think it's stupid. It's obvious that like, even though she was pretending with a few things, like it's obvious she wasn't pretending with everything. And so the fact that he, he's all puffy about, about her and the list and everything like that is just annoying. And they have no chemistry at all uh, in the movie. Uh, and so it can't even win you that way. Um, I don't know. It was just very dry and not fun. So I, I just, I 
just didn't love it. And I wanted to, it seems like something I should love Mr. Malcolm's list. You know, that sounds very me. Yeah. But- like I Googled it and I'm like, this looks like a rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just didn't like the characters. I didn't like the conflict. It, so it was a bummer, but a lot of, I mean, it's popular enough to have had two movies made about it. So yeah. a lot of people will probably enjoy it. Uh, so more power to you if you love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but our film critic friend, Rachel Wagner, did not enjoy no. it. So, no. <laughs> yeah. But what do you have next? Okay. So <laughs> I guess staying on trend with not really liking <laughs> Okay, the next one that I read was The Friendship Pact by Jill Shalvis. And I have to preface this with saying she's one of my favorite authors of all time. I typically love everything that she writes, but I finally had the experience of reading something by her and not enjoying it. This is her new release. It is book two in her Sunrise Cove series. However, with her series, she intentionally, yes, they're set in the same town, but they do not follow each other at all. So if you're interested in picking up either book one or two, they don't have to be read in any type of order. I really didn't like this book to the point where like, I couldn't even really tell you what it's about. The romance really took a backseat, I think, to everything else going on in the book. Um, she does a fantastic job typically of uh, writing those stories that blur the lines between women's fiction and rom-coms. Like she mm-hmm. does them both so well. But in this one, I mean, I think it's a mood thing. If you are a women's fiction reader, I think you'll go into this and really love it. But if you go into it wanting to also really believe the romance and root for the romance, I don't think that she was able to pull that one off in this one. Um, there, There is like a mother-daughter storyline. They're fine. The mom just had the daughter really, really young. And so... You're seeing now that she's getting older, them trying to like navigate their relationship now is like two grown women. And I actually found that story arc more interesting than the romance. The hero is like a wounded military veteran and him and his brother kind of have this beef that they need to kind of squash as well. That was also a little bit more interesting than the romance. So again, I think it's just an expectations thing. If you're into I can say like women's fic, you'll probably really love this. But I went into it expecting a good balance of both like we typically get from her. And unfortunately, we just I didn't feel it. So that's The Friendship Pact by Jill Shalvis, book two in her Sunrise Cove series. Please check it out and hit me up and tell me I was wrong. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Um, Well, my next book is uh, part of a series that I am excited to kind of dive more into, but it's uh, it's The Curvy Girls Can't Date Cowboys by Kelsey Stelting. And this, she has a whole Curvy Girls series, and these are YA, uh, body positivity kind of romance. But what I appreciated about it is that it's really not about her being like curvy hardly at all. Like uh-huh. it's just a romance. Uh, and so it's not, it's not like on the nose of, you know, like a lot of scenes of being like, look how beautiful I am. And I'm curse, which would be fine. But I don't know. I just thought it was better that it was just kind of, she was just normal treated like any other character. Yes. Um, and in this one, the girl, she, uh, she's, uh, has, she's assigned to work on this project, the science project with this guy, Ray, who's this cowboy farmer, guy and her parents run this kind of natural foods 
store that's uh, very, uh, has a lot of kind of propaganda basically against farmers and what, you know, farmers do and, and whatever it's kind of, you know, her parents are kind of radical in that way. And so that's the main conflict, not whether she has curves or not. Uh, and uh, so it, this is not like great literature, but it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, that sounds adorable. Yeah, you can finish this in easy one day. Well, we read it's a quick read, um, but uh, I liked uh, I liked it. And so I'm curious because there's lots. She has a, a like I said a huge series. She's got curvy girls date soldiers. Curvy girls uh, date. Uh, date billionaires curvy girls date quarterbacks so she has a ton in the series and so i think uh i'm excited to kind of dive in yeah okay well Mm -hmm. my last one is the rancher's full house by sasha summers i literally finished this last night i rated it five stars it was so sweet it's a sweet read there's no steam um so the meat cute in this one y'all know we love a meat cute uh they're like trying to save a kitten on the side of the road like the this veterinarian small town vet sees a woman on the side of the road and his heart's just like oh my god she's trying to save an animal right and like come to find out it's a bobcat but whatever um and so he's like you know you can swing by my office and check on the cat like i promise i'll give you some updates or whatever and in she walks with four kids and he's like oh no like i don't date single moms. I don't date women with kids. And we find out why. And I honestly, like, I appreciated her on it, like putting that honesty in there of like, I don't do this. And then us learning why, which is a totally understandable reason as to why someone would make that decision. But it's small town, there's undeniable attraction and things just start to, you know, you start to kind of question, um, this, this rule that you've kind of lived by. And in Jenna, Jenna's the heroine. The kids are actually her siblings. Um, their dad passed away. And then her mom, it sounds like her mom might have like died of a broken heart. Her, their mom died shortly after. And so now she has moved to the small town. She's gotten a job as a teacher and she's raising her siblings. And her last boyfriend basically dumped her when their mom passed away and he found out now she was going to be raising these kids. It's like, if I'm going to be raising kids, they're going to be mine. Um, so you can see like the conflict is definitely there. She doesn't want to get too involved with someone that's just going to leave. And he's always had this rule for himself after being hurt and getting attached before to someone that had kids. Uh, and then just having to like let go of the fear. You know, the, the love is greater than the fear kind of thing. It was adorable. And usually I'm hesitant with books with kids because I just assume it's going to be a snotty teenager and I don't really like reading that. But Every one of the kids was sweet, and I feel like we got to know Jenna through the perspective of her siblings, which I just thought made it even more sweeter. You could just see how much they loved her and like appreciated her for stepping up and taking care of them, and they just wanted to see their big sister happy. It was so sweet, you guys. So that's The Rancher's Full House by Sasha Summers. That sounds really good. Something I can totally relate to because, like I said, I have uh, siblings that are way younger than I am. And I I never, obviously, my parents are still thankfully with us. So I never had to actually parent them. But I did a lot of, like, co-parenting. Yeah. (laughs) So I bet I relate to it a lot. Uh, But my last one is a very popular novel, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. And of course, I read it because we've got the movie coming up in July. 
And uh, this is uh, about a woman who uh, grew up in, in she's kind of derisively called like the swamp girl, the girl from the swamp. And she, she grew up without like education, very simple. Uh, but she has this, uh, there's these two men, there's this guy chase and this guy Tate and she ends up Tate like teaches her how to read and uh, she uh, ends up becoming kind of a, a, a specialist on the swamp and knows all about all the creatures and all of the animals and everything. Um, well, one day she ends up getting assaulted by Chase. And uh, and then um, various things happen and he ends up dying. And so it's mostly like a courtroom drama, I guess, about uh, her being put on trial for Chase's murder and uh, what's going to happen. And um, I thought it was really beautifully written. Uh, it's obviously, you know, it's a sad read in a lot of ways, you know, what she has to go through, uh, what she's put through. Uh, but uh, I think that it's very, very well written. Um, her and Tate have a very sweet relationship um and uh it does have like a fairly happy ending i guess you'd say considering everything that happens i i wouldn't be surprised i don't think the movie's been rated yet uh i wouldn't be surprised if it is rated r because of the assault depends on how they do it i guess uh but um yeah i would think that that would probably make it rated r but Anyway, I, I liked Kaya as a lead character. She's very sweet. And uh, I, like I said, Tate is also a, was a good character. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the movie uh, to see what they do with it. But I can't wait it to was hear what you sadder think. than what I typically read. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what you think of the movie versus, you know, in line, mm-hmm. alignment with the book. I haven't read the book. Uh, but hearing you talk about it, I'm like, oh, gosh, <laughs> it sounds good. But when I know that there's like certain things in books, I'm like, yeah. oh, now I don't know if I can do that right now. <laughs> yeah, I usually do. Uh, I'm very hesitant, you know, with any kind of assault or any kind of thing like that, because I am single and I live alone and I don't really want those kinds of thoughts, you know, creeping in those kind of fears yeah. creeping in. Uh, but I think because this has such a unique time and place, uh, it's not something that's I would be like scared of, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's more like I said, it's more of a courtroom drama than mm. anything else. Okay, so it's similar to I don't know, like um, and with her being in like the swamp, like yeah, with her being from the swamp, it's probably some class stuff in there yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow. Okay. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see what they do with the movie. Um, it looks like a beautifully filmed movie. And so it I seems know. like they've captured at least that part of it, which was very well done. There's you definitely get this feeling of the of the swamp and the um and just her love for all the animals oh, um, comes that. through. And um yeah, so I think it's gonna it's hopefully gonna be a good movie. We'll see. I guess uh, I'm seeing it next Monday, so uh, I'll uh, let you all know <laughs> what I think. <laughs> so, 
So there we go. Well, we did it. That's we our did reading it. for June. Let us know what you think of book lovers and what you think of any of the other books that we talked about. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, Brie, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Brie.unabashedly, and I co-host the Categorically Romance podcast. And you guys, you have to read with us, read with us for July because Rachel's making yes. me read a classic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Christmas I almost forgot July. to talk about it. It's Christmas <laughs> in July, and Rachel's like, let's read a classic. <laughs> well, so we have Persuasion coming out, the new version, and I. it seems like it's fitting for this kind of series romantic reading that we Mm -hmm. read jane austen at least once and is you've never read jane austen right i've read pride and prejudice oh you have okay yeah Yeah. some years ago (laughs) (laughs) well i love jane austen i'm a huge austenite and uh, i love regency romance and uh, i'm excited to read persuasion it's definitely one of her more uh, gentle kind of it's not as biting in the satire as Pride and Prejudice is, uh, okay. the banter. This is a little bit more gentle than that, but uh, but I love it. And so it's going to be fun. Uh, and I think I'm going to do sometime in July, we're going to do a uh, Persuasion movie ranking as well. Oh, uh, that'll be fun. Yeah. And so that will be fun. Uh, but yeah, you get to read Persuasion. Are you excited? I, I am. And like, I, of course, because I know you love Jane Austen. And then so uh-huh. my co-host Aaron's going to join us. He loves Jane yes. Austen. And so I'm just, I feel like I'm going to be out of my element here. But I'm yes. excited. I hope this is a new favorite book. I have yeah. heard like Persuasion is a lot of people's favorite Austen. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I connect with it because it's about an old maid. So of course I <laughs> crazy (laughs) you're our favorite old maid okay (laughs) Uh, but let us know what you think what's your favorite i don't know which i mean i think pride and prejudice is probably my favorite jane austen but they're all they're all special in their own way to me yeah i used to read all five books every year uh but i just don't have the time uh but i i did read pride and prejudice this year so Oh, yeah, okay. I remember Persuasion. you reading Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so, okay, here we go. Persuasion July. Yay. It's going to be good. <laughs> and you can follow us both on Goodreads, so make sure you check that out. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Make sure you're checking out and you can see my score for Where the Crown Hats Sing and Mr. Malcolm's List. You can read my review uh, uh, if you follow me on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. And uh, make sure that you're following the podcast, the Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews, five stars, and also Breeze Podcast. We would love that. And uh, and if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group and merch store. Uh, check that out. We would be so grateful for your support. And uh, thanks so much. This was a lot of fun and uh, happy reading, everybody. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.